0: And welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media podcast. This is episode thirty-eight. First off, Josh, how are you doing tonight? I'm chilling like a villain, man.
1: Um, it's kind of been an interesting week because I'm still I'm still trying to rehab this shoulder, so I haven't done a lot, which is super weird. But that being said, I've got I've gotten to catch up on some TV shows and stuff like that. So,
0: awesome. what have week. you been watching lately? Um. <laughs> Uh, two
1: opposite ends of the, spe- uh, the spectrum. I've been watching uh, My Hero Academia, which is an anime. It's very good, uh, and um, Letterkenny. I have, I, I've no, I've mentioned Letterkenny to you before, but it's 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 a Canadian TV show. It's very,
0: quite funny as well. I would say check out Swamp Thing, but um, <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that in a little bit,
1: and also yeah. the future
0: of the DC universe as an app, um, but. First off, we have a lot of movie news to go over, and I'm super excited we could talk about that, as well as our discussion today, Best Adventure Movies. By that, we more specifically mean treasure hunting, but just because for me personally, when I hear adventure, I think treasure of some kind. Yeah, absolutely. So, kicking us off on our movie news, and why we're having this discussion today, is finally, insert the rock gif here, finally, we have... A release date of December 2020 for the Uncharted movie starring Tom Holland as a young Nathan Drake. Now, this movie has been in development hell for not even hyperbole, probably close to a decade at this point. Yeah. But I was one of the few people that when Tom Holland was cast, I stood up on my pedestal and said, this is a good choice for longevity's sake. Yes, Nathan Fillion is a good Nathan Drake, but you'd only get a couple movies out of him. Plus, he's more of post-Uncharted 4's Nathan Drake of an older Nathan Drake, whereas Tom Holland, he's a good age to start with. And I've always had the story pitch of having him go on these adventures, and then your films end with him getting a call from Elena Fisher to dig up uh, the coffin of Sir Francis Drake, the intro to the very first game, and... That way you don't mess up any of the game's timeline. You can tell your own stories and be Mm -hmm. unique. Why I have more optimism for this one than any other video game movie is, first of all, it's Uncharted show, so shut your mouth. It's going to be great. Um, Second of all, I obviously have a huge love for Uncharted. Shocker there, over here at Uncharted Media, Um, Nathan Drake is my favorite video game character of all time, but... I have optimism not because of my blind uh, love for Uncharted, but that obviously is a big part of it. But this will be the first big project that's being headed up by PlayStation Productions, which we talked about a few weeks ago of the developers of the games more or less are also going to be responsible for putting them on various platforms, whether that be movies, TV. I think this is absolutely the right call. The people making the Uncharted games know how to tell good stories Uncharted more than any other video game I've ever played lends itself to a movie I get why it's taken so long because actually I don't know why but looking at the track record of video game movies uh, it's it's been difficult but I think Uncharted if done right and especially with Tom Holland as Nathan Drake can be the one that finally breaks this streak
1: I, I, would, I would think so um I think you know the Tomb Raider movies. They they have come very close. The, the, the that movie wasn't bad. At least the new one wasn't a bad movie. It just you know. And I don't mind the original you know,
0: uh, Angelina Jolie one either.
1: Well, I would I would agree with that. I think, uh, though, I will say I don't think it's aged well. Um, no, not really. But it has been a while, and it, and really in doing research for you know this this. Uh, this episode it has been a while since we've had like a good pure treasure hunting movie oh yeah we've had we've had some as, as we'll discuss later but they've been hidden in other genres
0: yes so uh i don't know if we've ever talked about this but this really shouldn't come as a surprise to you josh uh, maybe to the people at home um one of the reasons why i love uncharted so much is because uh the whole sub-genre of treasure hunting or, like, adventure is one of, if not my all-time favorite film genre of I love treasure hunt stories, whether that I grew up reading, like, um, Treasure Island to death. I love that story. Um, Treasure Island. Um, Any form of, like, find the gold, save the girl, save the day type of thing. I, that's one of my favorite genres ever. So that's why I like movies that we'll talk about later, like Indiana Jones, National Treasure, The Mummy. And that's why I lash on Uncharted so much is because that's your stereotypical old-fashioned B-level, not in a negative way, like a B-movie type adventure thriller. It knows what it is until you get to Uncharted 4, in which case it becomes one of the best adventure stories I've ever seen. Um, but Uncharted... I've wanted it for so long because it lends itself to a movie. And I think Tom Holland is a great choice. Um, especially, there's a clip of him recently on Jimmy Kimmel. And it was a comedy skit. But looking at it, I was like, just grow out a little bit of facial stubble, like 5 o'clock shadow. And you already kind of look like Nathan Drake, actually. Yeah, uh, I would agree. I think
1: the... The good thing too is the in casting Tom is that he's a new fresh face. He's an up and comer. We I think you know the general audience, mainstream movie going audience has seen him as Spider Man and that's it. So I think that he he's a good choice to head this up because he does he's not gonna have a lot of uh, how do you say uh, st- stereotypes attached to him. Kind of sure. like if you were – you know what I mean? Like if you were to cat, take somebody from the Fast and Furious movies and then try to start a franchise with them. Hobbs like, and Shaw. Yeah, exactly. Like you you would still bring all of the the concepts that the audience has of that actor from those other movies
0: into this, this new franchise, whether you mean to or not. I don't think it'll be a problem, but my own reservation is I hope I don't see too much of Peter Parker or see too much of Spider-Man in his Nathan Drake. I don't think it'll yes. be a problem. Tom Holland is a phenomenal actor, and I'll, all those people that are like, he's too young for Spider-Man. You do realize Tom Holland is 23, right? He's just baby-faced. Yeah. So if he grows out some stubble, he's perfect age for a couple years before the first Uncharted, which case Nathan Drake's probably late 20s, early 30s. He's just
1: that right age, so it it could help a lot.
0: Yeah, and then you could have the rest of his cast. I've thought about this before. I believe I did a casting on Tread movie, but that was like regular aged people. Um, I still would love Bruce Campbell to be Sully. (laughs) Fair enough. I'm not super
1: familiar with uh, the series, so it it would definitely be something I'd have to
0: do some research on before we uh, – I've been binge watching all four of the games on YouTube. Basically, they have all the cutscenes. Go watch them; they're fin- fantastic. I think the first game is like two hours in a cutscene. Uh, the next one's like two and a half, so they're like movie length, except for the fourth one, which is like six hours. But they are some of the best stories I've ever watched in a the game. They are phenomenal. Fair enough. They're they're basically just. Mmm. I get why Chris Pratt – why people have wanted Chris Pratt. It's like Star-Lord meets The Librarian meets National Treasure kind of. Yeah,
1: it could could work. It just – I don't know. I think people just really
0: like Chris and I'm not – I think he's great but I'm not super hot on him. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know if I would want him as a Nathan Drake. I'm much more okay with Tom Holland. If he's a great Nathan Drake – the dude is only like one or two characters away from just like finding the key to my soul being spider-man and nathan drake yeah once he hangs up the webs he'll be nightwing and then the circle will be complete yeah which that won't happen but yes oh absolutely not um but there's been plenty of other news um, besides the Uncharted thing, but the Uncharted thing kind of has been in my main periphery, naturally, on Uncharted Media yeah. Podcast. Um, but as of this morning, well, when we record this, we have a new Frozen trailer. And I was kind of disappointed with this one, I'm not gonna lie. I, um,
1: this, I I wasn't disappointed. I
0: think this piqued my interest more. I, because will, it gave, I don't it know gave if disappointed a was, bit of is story. the right word. I'm sorry? I don't know if disappointed is the right word. It was just yeah. not what I was expecting. It was a lot of the same footage that we got in the first one. But also, it gives like a little bit more... It was also much shorter than I was expecting. This was a very short yes. trailer. Like, I, I agree. I, I,
1: as far as... I think I was expecting something a little different. But at the same time... I like what they're doing. I like that it feels like they're keeping things close to the chest.
0: Um, one big element in particular. Yes. Which, I, I, I You I'm know which really element I'm talking excited. about has to do with I Elsa? Don't know. What are you what are you what are you thinking about? Elsa's love interest. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That um, one I think is definitely yes. gonna play very close to the chest until the last possible minute. Fear yeah, of, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Her, uh, backlash. But well, at the same, at the same time,
1: just story de- details in general and how powerful Elsa is, it seems like that they're they're keeping a lot of it close to the chest, and which I kind of appreciate. It's been a
0: while since for from for a Disney movie to not like over explain everything. I w- I will admit though, in contrast to last week's onward trailer, it's so refreshing to see something that looks like its own unique style. Like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, this is Frozen. The animation is so much better than Onward. It looks so much better. Even though I'm not a huge fan of the first Frozen, I was like, ah, familiarity. I'm okay with this. (laughs) But it's familiarity, but it's also growth. It's kind of the Empire Strikes Back effect of, like, you know the characters, but it definitely looks like this tale is darker. I will admit, though, I very much preferred the first trailer over this one. I agree. But that's... I think there's some interesting elements that
1: I'd never thought that a Disney animated film about a princess would make – would give me like some intense actual questions of, wait, no, 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 what was that? You don't get to just show me things and then not explain them.
0: Hold on. Like the underwater deer? You, the, uh, the underwater uh, horse, you mean? Yeah, yeah the yeah. underwater yeah. horse. I was like, what is that? And hinting – I'm thinking that they're kind of alluding to the fact that their parents might be alive. I think so too. Like we I kind of guess that from the first show that she's trying to get across the ocean to see if her parents are still alive. But the um, the rock troll, whatever they're they're called, he's kind of making it seem like they're keeping some things from them. Like maybe their parents mm-hmm. are alive. Indeed, and I, maybe I'm there's calling a the reason. plot twist now that Elsa. No, that Anna also has powers. I wouldn't be surprised. I
1: also think that her parents left for to go find
0: somebody to help them with Elsa, and something happened to stop them from coming back. I can absolutely see that. I think that's really, really solid. Yeah.
1: I, really, even the poster, a lot of the art designs for for the magic has been really really
0: fascinating yeah just i don't know what directions are gonna go with for this frozen and i kind of really like that again as someone that is not a fan of the original by any stretch i'm actually finding myself getting a little excited for this one yeah which is really weird i never thought I'd, i'd say that and as someone that's also gotten sick to death of hearing the music primarily because of how close i am to disney world I will yeah. admit, both trailers so far have had phenomenal music. Oh, absolutely! Like and that children's choir that's singing um, what I'm assuming is the new theme. Yeah, I this 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 is a, it's a good trailer. Uh, I mean, I think the only
1: reason that this one is feels like less is because the first trailer was
0: so good. Yeah, um, that first trailer blew us both away. Oh, I agree. So, so yeah. I don't stop. know what directions we're going to go with, but I'm excited to see what we get with this. Yeah, absolutely. And if we'll see a main villain anytime soon if there is one. The villain in a, is ourselves. <laughs> no, that's going to be the villain for onward probably. Oh gosh, stop it. Well, there's rumors of who the villain will be in this next news. But we won't find out for quite a while. Wonder Woman 1984. Um, We're both obviously super excited for that one. We both loved the first Wonder Woman. Unfortunately, it's about a year away. And to make matters worse, this poster, we got our first official poster for Wonder Woman 1984. Sidebar, it's a great looking poster, but we'll get back to that in a second. Um, This poster kind of came with a, this poster kind of came up To hide some other news. So Patty Jenkins tweeted out the first poster for Wonder Woman 1984 like, Hey guys, look how cool this poster is. We're going to see you in exactly a year from now for Wonder Woman 1984. P.S. We're not going to be at Hall H at Comic-Con this year. But, um, yeah, Yeah. we're going to have Wonder Woman next year. Can't wait. And then all of us fans are just going, wait, wait, what? What was that about Hall H? Yeah. Which, I mean,
1: I don't... mm part of me i think it's the part part of me that's trying to be super positive is saying that okay maybe that just means that they don't have anything ready that they're really confident about and that gives me hope that they're not going to post anything unless they're super confident
0: about something but i don't think that's the case yeah i actually see both sides i see some positive and some negative here i'll start with the positive um Seeing it from Warner Brothers' perspective, I can kind of see why they didn't go to Hall H is because with each passing year, as almost blasphemous as it is to say, Comic-Con is becoming less and less relevant as yep. a hyping tool for a movie. You can get the same amount of press from dropping your trailer on YouTube as you can from having a big expensive presentation at hall H and then having the trailer leaked online in a couple hours, I can kind of get from a cost perspective, why Warner brothers, um, would do that of, okay. In the past, we've spent a lot of money getting our actors, um, away from shooting or whatever else, more or less just for a day, just so they can make this big announcement. Um, I can get from a financial standpoint why they're not going to Comic-Con. This shoots down my Man of Steel 2 theory being announced at Comic-Con. However, I'm not giving up on it being announced at some point in the year. Um, Now on the flip side, my quasi rant, but not as much rant-filled as you might think. Um, Yeah. I think this is a really dumb choice, naturally. And here's why. You have not one. Not two, but three DC films very far along in production. You have Wonder Woman 1984 that the whole thing is filmed and in the can. You're just editing and doing post-production. You have Joker coming out in October. We have one trailer. Granted, it was a great trailer, but that movie I think by now is probably done. But also, you have a third one that literally zero people are talking about and they probably should because it's far along in production by now, and that's Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Yes, that's yep. a Um No one is talking about that. People are either talking about the Matt Reese Batman, hasn't started at all. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984 doesn't come out till next year. Joker, admittedly okay. Um, Birds of Prey. Has been filming for a while, and we've gotten nothing. We got that very short, quote-unquote, teaser trailer, which gave us literally nothing. We yeah. could have had our first official picture, or had the cast come out at Hall H, or, heaven forbid, and this could just be me fan casting, and McGregor pull a Loki from a couple years ago and just show up on stage in the black mask suit. Literally anything. If any movie needs press right now, it's probably Birds of Prey because it's getting lost in the shuffle. And if you want your movies to succeed, you can't just be like, okay, it's got Harley Quinn in it. See it, guys. Because look how all that worked out for Suicide Squad. Um, Yeah. I get from a financial standpoint why they're not coming. That being said, Marvel, it has more and more of a presence each year at D23. Not... Comic-Con. So this was your prime chance to steal some limelight away from Marvel. Again, it's not a competition. It's a friendly rivalry more than anything. But this was your chance to get a leg up in your competition for a little bit. And you're ignoring it. It's... I'm not hitting the panic button anytime soon. I trust this new direction with Walter Hamada of Shazam was great. I'm sure all these movies are gonna be great. They just don't want to rush anything that they don't have to like they have in previous years of have awkwardly Ben Affleck on stage going, yeah, I'll be Batman forever. When he knew deep down that he was going to be gone. Yeah. I, I think they'd much rather just not say anything than have to backtrack things later.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it's. It sucks,
0: certain, but I get it.
1: Yeah, but it is. It is a smart move. Comic-Con is not as big of a deal as it used to be. At least in my
0: opinion. Um, I still follow it and will watch stuff. But honestly, there's bigger things. Uh, D23 is a much bigger event than Comic-Con in terms of movie news. Um, Star Wars Celebration, I think, nowadays is a bigger deal. Yeah.
1: Well, it's, it's not the only venue to present... A massive amount, a mass amount of DC new uh, of movie news. You know, if you flip that on its head and you talk about video games, like with E3 this past weekend, like or past week, um, like that's the perfect event for video games because there's not a lot of places to get like
0: good chunks of of like video game information and, and clips and whatnot. I I think the analogy I'm gonna go with for this is. Comic-Con is like Netflix. When they first were around, they were a big deal in their industry of convention or streaming service. But nowadays, there's a whole bunch of other rival companies or rival promotions that do more or less the same thing that are kind of drawing away from that same demographic. With conventions, you have D23, Star Wars Celebration, other conventions that break big news of their own. Netflix is obviously dealing with Disney+, um, Warner Brother media warner media which we'll talk about here in a second i think they're very similar in that respect of they used to be top dog not gonna be for a while yeah unfortunately now we have a lot of dc news actually um but more not so great news so swamp thing had its debut episode on the dc streaming service and that's about all we're gonna get because it got canceled after one episode now, I, call me a fanboy, I'm taking DC's side on this, not Swamp Thing's. And here's why. So, Swamp Thing was filming, um, oh, I should know this, but they were filming in a state, whether it was Atlanta or South Carolina. Yeah. One of the states that they're expected to get, um, about half their budget would be covered by a tax break. Um, so they thought about $45 million would be reimbursed for them more or less for, through uh, local state sales tax type of thing. Um, so they're like, okay, we have the budget figured out, whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, but apparently that state tax is not going through and they're getting just a fraction of that. So that ballooned the budget more so than they were expecting. So nationally, they put no the drug. So... It has – some people are like it was due to creative differences and the show sucks and DC wanted to pull the plug. DC Universe is in trouble. No, it's none of that. It's – the show apparently is really good. It's 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. People are responding to it. It's a matter of an unforeseen financial issue that came up not on the behalf of DC. From all of my research that I've looked into, it, it was a clerical error with the state that they were filming in. And so the show got canceled because of that. Obviously, uh, your budget is going to be blown out of proportion when you think you're going to get $45 million off of a project, but you only get $14 million off. Yeah, that balloons in hardcore. Yeah, from everything that I've heard, they they went full horror on it, and it, it,
1: it's supposedly a really good show.
0: Yeah, I don't get those so people I'm, that are like I'm glad it's not that. People were – some people were obviously that don't subscribe to DC Universe were like, Warner Brothers didn't like it because it was too dark and they wanted more family-friendly. I'm like, literally nothing about DC Universe is family-friendly. It's all uh, dark it's, stuff. It's all mature audience stuff.
1: Watch, yeah, watch one episode of Doom Patrol
0: and you'll Or know one it. episode of Titans. Clearly, oh, dude. They're both fantastic, but they're not kid shows. They're for the hardcore comic book young adult teenager audience.
1: They so, really are. And they're they're for people that are willing to be told new
0: stories. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyway. Swamp Thing being canceled because it's too dark, that was that's something you don't buy right off the bat. Because no, not at all. if Robin's allowed to say F Batman, then I think we're allowed to show Swamp Thing killing some fools in the bayou. Um, I agree. That being said... I will be amazed if the DC universe as an app and a streaming service is still alive by the end of the year. Yeah. Cause
1: I think and I've been discussing or talking about it, cause is it Warner bros is, is not Warner, Warner bros? Has yes. Been like, um, so yeah, Warner there's, brothers there's is com- planning com- on launching something it?
0: called Warner media, I think is what the app is called. And it's going to be their answer to Disney plus. So it's going to include anything. Warner brothers, um, I think they said HBO and Stars would also be included. And it'll be like sixteen bucks a month. That's um, not bad, actually. Wow. Yeah, for including HBO and Stars, that's decent. And also the immense library that Warner Brothers has. Um, this is not a feature that I'm sure will be highly requested, but I'm asking it um, if DC Universe gets sucked into the. Warner Media app, essentially, just making it continue. I would imagine that the shows will continue like Young Justice Outsiders, Titans, whatever else. Everyone's like, it's going to get cancelled. I'm like, no, they'll probably just get enveloped into this app and they'll just keep continuing on there. The one thing I'm not sure if it will continue or not but I want it to is the tens of thousands of comics that are available on DC Universe. Yes, I have been really enjoying that, of being able to just download a whole series of comics right on my tablet or my phone and just reading it like um, before the movie came out I was binging the Batman meets the Ninja Drills comics those are phenomenal those are like the type of um, I don't know if I would have gone out of my way to seek them out because I just didn't know anything about them now I actually want to go out and find the real hard copies and buy them but that was one of the great things about DC Universe was just being able to download comics and I know there's other comic apps like Comixology But having them all in one spot would be nice. That being said, there's some rooms for improvement within DC Universe. Like, um, you can offline download TV episodes, but that's about it. I would like to be able to offline download movies or um, whatever else. Or have access to more stuff. Like heaven forbid, I want to watch Justice League or Aquaman or Wonder Woman on my DC Universe app. Yeah. Or Batman meets the Ninja Turtles. But I, I'm i going to guess that one has more to do with it being uh, a part Nickelodeon movie. That'd be nice. Um,
1: I, uh, it's, at, but at the end of the day, I think what I'm enjoying right now is that these large companies that basically own everything anyway are going, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't have multiple, like we shouldn't make it so that our audiences have to subscribe to like six or seven different streaming services. Maybe we should just, you know, put it all
0: under, you know, two or three banners. Yeah. It's, it's going to be the streaming war soon. It's honestly, I'll, I think Netflix is going to get lost in the shuffle. They're the ones that started it, but they're going to be knocked out of the fight real soon, I think. Um, yeah. So I'll be curious to see what Warner Brothers does, but yeah, I don't think DC Universe is going to last until the end of the year. It'll just be a matter of, will everything get pushed onto the con, the Warner Media and get new stuff, or will it just be scrapped entirely? Um, I'll, I'm keeping an eye on this one very closely, but in the meantime, I'm clinging tight to my DC Universe because I love it. Oh, um, uh, yes, Last up for DC news is the long in development hell Black Adam movie. So, this movie has been in development longer than the Shazam movie. It's been like quote unquote on the table, I think, since like 2014 or 2015 with The Rock signed on to be Black Adam, which I have a little side tangent about that later. Um, now, it finally has a director. And it's the guy that's doing the upcoming Jungle Cruise movie. And he also has done some um, action movies with Liam Neeson. I forget the guy's name off the top of my head. Um, Nothing that's, like, phenomenal. I think he did, like, Unknown, which was awful. Um, But he also did Live By Night. Um, He's done a lot of Liam Neeson action movies. And he's worked with The Rock in the Jungle Cruise movie, which also has been in development forever. Um... Before I go into my full thoughts, Josh, what do you think of Black Adam finally having a director and what do you think as a whole of the Black Adam movie? Because I don't think we've talked about it too much. Um
1: <laughs> I think it's a little weird to come out now after Shazam.
0: Yes, I think just to preface it, you still have not seen Shazam, right? I still haven't. Um but I have Who's heard right that next he month. Um yeah, but yeah, there's a quick little re- they never say it, but there's You'll catch it very, very quickly that there's a very brief in passing reference to Black Adam, but there's not a lot of Black Adam references in Shazam.
1: Exactly. So, to me, because Black Adam had this power before, it would have been an interesting story dynamic, especially given, you know, the wizard being involved, to tell the story of Black Adam, and then how, you know, he gets banished and whatnot, and he, you know, he's given this immense power, but he uses it for evil. And so then you t- then you go and tell the story of Suzanne and who's given this immense power, but then uses it for good, just to kind of get those two heads heads of the coin. But I feel like you should have
0: told Black Adam's story first. And maybe they were planning to, but this movie has just taken so long. One because The Rock yes. is like the busiest guy in Hollywood, not named Nicolas Cage. Um, but also just DC is just in a constant state of flux of what they're actually doing. So I'm going to say something that I'm sure some people are not going to like. I don't think The Rock is the right choice for Black Adam. Well, and I don't think he's their choice
1: for Black Adam anymore anyway.
0: No, I think he still is. I think he's still their Black Adam. So I'm also going to say something not super popular, even less popular. I'm not a huge fan of The Rock, primarily because he has no range. He's the same character in every movie. He's super charismatic and he's entertaining, but he's the same thing. My problem with him as Black Adam is, from all the comics that I know and I've read and have seen Black Adam in different mediums, Black Adam is a villain through and through. The Rock... It's this cool factor of for him of, I don't play the bad guy. I'm the action hero. So I'm afraid yeah. they are going to turn Black Adam into an anti-hero or a sympathetic bad guy, kind of like Killmonger. That's not the Black Adam I know. The Rock, the Rock's always the hero because he's the Rock and it works for him. It makes him a lot of money. But... That's not Black Adam. Yeah, don't turn him into something he's not. And you know, they're thinking about it because The Rock sells tickets and people are more inclined to see Rock as a good guy than see Zachary Levi fight against The Rock. Because if they're going head to head, I'm sorry, I'm rooting for Zachary Levi, but the general population is probably rooting for The Rock.
1: Yeah, unless they're going to do something, Rock's going to do something that he's never done before and actually pull off a villain role.
0: Well, he was a villain in Doomie, but we don't talk about that. Yeah, exactly but like that at this point like
1: you guys it's been long enough from that casting announcement that make I mean, him a bad I'm sure guy people, well yeah i'm sure not a lot of people would have too many questions if all of a sudden it wasn't the rock
0: yeah but uh, the rock to his credit has been championing this movie for a while. He stood by it. The only person that yeah. has championed a movie harder, I think, is Channing Tatum for Gambit, but now that's officially dead. Um, so I think either way, we're getting The Rock as Black Adam. It's just for me personally, I'm afraid they're just going to turn him in, into an anti hero and he's just going to rock it up and just yeah. every character he plays, minus him and Jumanji, is more or less just. The Rock. It's never a character. I can never think of any of the Rock's characters' names. It's always just the Rock playing the Rock. Yeah. No, I agree. And he does you know, it well. But
1: yeah, in some in some movies, it works really well for the story as well. Yeah,
0: Hobbs and Shaw looks great.
1: Or even like a Central Intelligence.
0: He he does a good job in that one as well. But again, it's it's just him playing his character. Oh, he has played a bad guy once, but again, it's still The Rock playing The Rock. Get smart. Oh, yeah. But it's still The Rock playing The Rock. He, he's, I don't know. I just still have a hard time. Visually, I can see him as Black Adam, but from a performance standpoint, still not sold on it.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I think there there's could potentially be better choices.
0: Yeah, well, we'll see. Um, that'll about do it for DC. Now, for the most obvious news of the day Jason Blum of Blumhouse wants a Halloween sequel. And in other news, water is wet.
1: <laughs> yeah, because why not, right? So, yeah, Hall- Jason Blum movies sell tickets.
0: Yeah. Well, also, the first the Blumhouse Halloween was made for like 10, 10 or 20 million dollars and grossed like 200. So, yeah, naturally, uh, they want to make that a sequel. Cool. So, Jason Blum, uh, a few days ago, tweeted out a picture of him meeting with Jamie Lee Curtis, where he gave her, like, an original Laurie Strode, um, like, standing figure. Um, and he just tweeted, discussing some stuff. So, obviously, this is hinting that they're working on another Halloween. I'm more surprised that they haven't an- announced an- a Halloween movie yet. It seems very likely with how successful the last one was. They just haven't officially said anything yet. That being said, I fully expect a Halloween movie probably to come out by next October. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Now, I think the main thing that he's probably discussing with Jamie Lee Curtis is what capacity is Lori Strode going to be coming back? Because she has died like three times already.
1: Yeah, it's... <sighs> Although I will say, if they stick to the timeline with the from the new one, I, I can see her. I could see her coming back in some way, like maybe not as a main character, because they definitely seem to build her. What is it, granddaughter? Andy as the no, Andy Magic. Yeah, as, as Allison. Yeah,
0: as the new uh, the new main character. But I don't know. We'll
1: call we'll me see.
0: call me crazy, but I want. Michael to chase somebody besides the Strodes. I just want Michael to just go on a killing streak just somewhere else. just Nothing to do with the Strodes. I like the new Halloween a lot. It's one of my favorites in the series. But we can move on from the Strode family, baby. Yeah, it, it, it might be time to move on.
1: It's kind of like uh, I don't know, honestly, though, because I, the last thing I would want them to do is start down this path of Uh,
0: that Jason did. of, all right, let's take Jason out of crystal Lake. Yeah. And even within the whole Michael Myers is always in Haddonfield with each passing movie, Haddonfield always looks more and more different. Yeah. Which I've never understood. Um, yeah, I'm always okay with more Halloweens. Always totally fine with me. The question is just how much Jamie Lee Curtis are we going to get? And I don't know how much she wants to do because she was very reluctant to come back for H2O, understandably. Even more reluctant to come back for Halloween Resurrection. The only reason she did is because she was legally binded to. Um, She was hesitant to come back for this most recent Halloween, but she did, and she was great. So I think if the story's right, then she will come back. It's just a matter of how much, and will she want to kill off her character again? Yeah. Because if she has to die for a third time. <laughs> they
1: just they just have to do it in a memorable and memorable. Yeah. Memorable
0: way. Jeez, I can't talk. I'm sorry. Oh, you mean like dying off screen in a car accident or being stabbed and then falling off a hospital?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Into some
0: bushes in the first five minutes of a movie.
1: Look, man, that's not memorable. She, this is Lori, bro. You need to, like
0: If she's going to go out, she needs to like go out, bro. Yeah. Uh, maybe they'll turn her into the new Loomis. She was already kind of the new Loomis in the first Halloween, but maybe go all out with that. It's just a matter of, again, Jamie Lee Curtis kind of selective on her projects, so I'll be curious to see what kind of involvement she has. Also, Who they will get to direct it, because I don't think it'll be David Gordon Green. I think he'll be going on to other projects. But um, when the first one was coming out, the writer of the film, David Gordon Green, not David Gordon Green, Danny McBride, which is still weird for me to say, um, talked about how they already had pitched sequel ideas. So I think they know where the story is going to go. It's just a matter of how much is Laurie going to be involved with it. Yeah, it's going to depend on who else is involved as well. Yeah. Well, also in the world of horror, we have another film that has been in development, or it feels like forever, with The Conjuring 3. Now, there's some good news and some bad news with this. So, um, The Conjuring 3 is now filming. Great news. James Wan is not directing. Bad news. Yeah. Because... Whenever James Wan doesn't direct one of the movies that he does, like one of the films in his universe, bad things happen. And you want some worse news, if I remember right, the director of Conjuring 3 is going to be the same guy that did The Nun. Oh, zippity-doo-dah. Yeah. But that being said, I'm willing to give it, a chance Because I like the Conjuring movies. I like the first one significantly more than the second one. I was kind of disappointed with the second one. primarily just because it was way too long, especially in the middle. But um, I like the world that The Conjuring has set up. I was disappointed with The Nun. But um, both The Conjuring and Insidious, I like the worlds that they've set up. I like those movies. So I'm always down for more. It just feels like we've been waiting on Conjuring 3 for a lot longer than it probably has been. So it's just nice to see some form of devel- development on it. Yeah, I
1: agree. I, I don't know if we need an, another one, um, but, you know, I'll accept it. if Maybe this will be the, the nun, guy,
0: nun, nun director's uh, second chance because the Nun was not good at all. Um, and maybe so. that's why I'm looking forward to Conjuring 3 of, like, going just back to the Warrens again and yeah. not the stank that was the nun um yeah. just get back to kind of more familiar territory with patrick wilson and vera formiga also just i know i don't i know i've said this before but in the nun vera formiga's real life sister plays the sis, like the sister at the monastery yet she's not related to vera formiga's character at all in the movie Yet they look exactly alike. That still to this day blows my mind and confuses me.
1: Somebody screwed up in the casting department.
0: Yeah, like you have people that look like sisters because they are, but they're not related at all in the movie universe. Yeah. Um, I would be very curious to see where we go for Conjuring 3. Maybe this time we go with The Crooked Man. I think I heard that Uh, might be the direction of the goat. Maybe. um, I think – isn't he getting his own movie? Yeah, I thought he was too. But that being said, the nun was the villain of Conjuring 2 and she got her own movie.
1: That's fair. Fair. It's only fair. And the Crooked Man was actually kind of terrifying.
0: Yeah, I thought the Crooked Man was scarier than the nun. The nun just doesn't do it for me. But yes, no, I, I do believe you're them. right. We're getting a Crooked Man movie as well. Which, I'll give credit where credit's due. These movies have naturally spawned off sequels. Like, there are times that they kind of feel like they're shoehorned in of like, oh, you're just here to clearly set up a sequel. But by and large, they've done a pretty good job of making you feel like I'm in this world.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's And, like, that's the thing, too, is, like, it's not like the nun, um was shoehorned into movies before her, her 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 own movie, like she was a natural part of the story that was in the world that was progressing. Uh, the same thing with the Crooked Man is that a demon took that
0: that form in order to scare the kids. Like it it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And same thing um, with Annabelle. Of like you have the whole room that they keep everything, and then you have your spinoffs for that. Granted, Annabelle was terrible. Annabelle was the second one was a lot better. My expectations are pretty low for the third one, but it is nice to see Annabelle, the third Annabelle, getting an R rating. That should help it. I I I hope
1: <laughs> that the how do I say this? Because I, I think the one thing I felt like the first the the other two Annabelles didn't do was there was. It felt like they didn't want to go far enough. I guess. Yeah. I mean, this, the second one is definitely better. It's a step. It was definitely a step in the right direction. Um, so maybe that's the direction we're going to go again, and it's just going to go
0: even further.
1: But I think, at the same like, time,
0: I've always felt <laughs> like the Conjuring movies, like the main timeline stuff, like the Conjuring ones, are the adult ones like the serious ones to be taken serious whereas the spin off ones like annabelle and the nun are like the teen horror ones of like the, the teen demographic like the ones not to be taken as serious
1: yes but this the second annabelle one was intense
0: so oh yeah david f sandberg is a great true.
1: horror director yeah, so I don't know if that theory kind of works, but at least is I'm almost seeing Annabelle as its own trilogy, as separated from from uh,
0: the Con- Conjuring. Even I'm though there's, like you know, the Warrens are still involved. Conjuring movies take place in different time frames. It's not all yeah like the Warrens t- are the thing that hold everything together, but it's not always their time period. Yes, or their location, I, with Conjuring Two being across the pond. Yes. I, I think, um,
1: you know, my feelings on R ratings, I don't think every movie needs one and I don't think you need to go R in order to tell a good story. However, you know, if horror wants, if a, if a movie about a doll wants to be R so that the doll can eat somebody, I'm, I'm down with that.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Now, It's a matter of if that doll becomes a ghost, then we know who to call because we've just added some more people to Ivan... Not Ivan Reitman. Jason Reitman, the son of Ivan Reitman. Jason Reitman's Ghostbusters 3, which is going to be continuing the lineage of the original Ghostbusters, and now it will bring back some of the original Ghostbusters. We will have Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, and Sigourney Weaver, all reprising their original characters from the first two Ghostbusters. This is both good and not so great to me. Um, Josh, what do you think? First of all, A plus on that segue. Thanks, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're getting good at this.
1: Um, third of all, well, second of all, I guess. I can't count, apparently.
0: Um, I, do we need another Ghostbusters? After we the need- Melissa McCarthy one? Yes, do we, we need, need a palate cleanser. No, do, but do we need another Ghostbusters in general? I completely agree. We didn't need one after the first one. I mean, I agree. I the con, it's a cool concept, I guess. It wouldn't do. I know it, there was, but I never, I didn't grow up with it. Ghostbusters as a premise works better as a kids' TV show, and I know it I, was a kids' TV show before you say anything. Uh, yes, I I think. For me, I feel like if you're going
1: to do another Ghostbusters, take it out of this silly world and actually make it into this – like flip the switch on everybody like 10, 20 minutes into the
0: movie and all of a sudden make it super dark. Maybe like Zombieland, a horror comedy.
1: Exactly. You could totally do
0: that but like actually commit to the horror part of it because otherwise the comedy will just take over. I think this is good, both a good and a bad. It's great to see all of them come back. It really is. It always helps to have the original cast come back. That being said, Bill Murray, you dick. So yes, I say this because Bill Murray, for a lot of years, was the main reason why we haven't had a Ghostbusters three before. He was the one guy. All the other Ghostbusters was like, yeah, we'll come back, especially Ernie Hudson because he needs the payday. Um, yeah. But Bill Murray especially was like, nope, not going to come back. Not going to do it. Doesn't sound interesting to me. I'm too busy doing other stuff. And then Harold Ramis dies, who was the other Ghostbuster. He was the guy that was very much responsible for the first one. And now that he's gone, now Bill Murray's okay with making coming back from another Ghostbusters? Not cool, man. Yeah, but, also, I mean, you could easily
1: look at that and say he – I guess he didn't realize that,
0: oh, man, like this is actually kind of a, something very special to me. He's fine with cameoing in the Melissa McCarthy one, but he doesn't show up to be in another one? Did he not get yeah. along with his castmates that much? they he have to wait for them, one of them to unfortunately pass on before he's willing to even come back? Also, yeah. I mean – I wish I could get excited about Dan Aykroyd coming back as Ghostbusters, as a Ghostbuster. But, um, how do I put this lightly? The dude is going off the reservation. Yes. The dude swears that we won't talk to aliens because of (laughs) 9-11. I mean... Have you seen that clip? The dude is just nuts now. I mean, why not? I mean, we got a lot of money and time on your hands. Dan Aykroyd just... He's not... Sane. Um Weaver is the sanest one of the bunch. Um, but then again, she was in Alien Three and Four, so yes. I don't know who's the winner here. Um But she was also in Aliens one and two, so and holes, because that's exactly. relevant. <laughs> um it is it's relevant. nice to see these guys relevant. come back, but it does feel a little a little too late of yeah. it would have been nice to have the full cast, but that's not gonna happen now.
1: Yeah, it's unfortunate. I, I personally don't think Ghostbusters three needs to happen. Um, no, but you know, it, it, I, I, I'm not the one throwing money at them, so
0: true. And also, because I'm just saying the not popular things today. I'm not a huge fan of the first one. I think it's fine, but also I don't get all the hype with it either. Yeah, I, yeah, it's fine. But everyone seems to think it's like the perfect movie. I'm like, mm. it's
1: it's okay, it, and I think even more the case. Bill Murray's character is a com- is a terrible person.
0: Yeah, the I don't world. I don't get why people like his character. He's horrible. He's but a these are also probably the same people that like Iron Man. Yes, I went there. Yeah, fair enough. Um. Well, six degrees of separation. Iron Man is a superhero. Another superhero is The Rock. The Rock is a DC character and a former wrestler. One of The Rock's former opponents was John Cena, who is now in Fast and Furious 9. I feel like we talked about this a few weeks ago, but that may have been a rumor. Now it's officially happening. John Cena is joining the next Fast and Furious movie. And fine with me. I think it's funny that it's taken him this long, considering how much of a car junkie he is. Yeah, I agree. Also, how's your back? Because that was a stretch. <laughs> hey, man. Jeez. Yeah, I couldn't think of anything uh, off the fly, so. Jeez. You can't see but... that transition. <laughs> um,
1: but, no, yeah, it, I'm surprised it's taken him this long. I Honestly, I'm surprised that he... he it, the, the rock was in the series first like i I don't understand how John the Rock didn't left get in for Hollywood first. first Well fair enough but John
0: John is this is these are the kinds of movies he should be in Let's be real here which means he's gonna be one of two things because that's just a John Cena role. He's either going to be a government agent like he was in Bumblebee or the doctor of Thugonomics. I'm oh really hoping it's the goodness. second one.
1: If Thugonomics shows up in Fast and Furious, like I'm, that's it, man. I, I can die. I, I think that's all I needed.
0: And he gives an AA to Ludacris onto a yes. car. Oh, over through a table one of the two. Just onto the hood of a car. Yes, please. Um, but yeah, I think Cena will fit just fine in Fast and Furious Nine. It's only a matter of time, though, before him and Rock square off. You just know it.
1: Oh, dude! And if anything, I mean, honestly, if anything, like, have Ho-
0: like, have the Rock and John team up? Yeah, because I don't think Cena will be a villain. And also, there's rumors that the Rock may have his hands full for a little bit with Hobbs and Shaw. There's a rumored bigger plan, which I'm going. Oh, oh please. Okay, Why? like what kind of bigger... The rumor. Why? Okay, spoiler alert for Hobbs and Shaw, potentially. This is just a rumor that I've heard. The rumor right now is that there will be an end credits at Hobbs and Shaw with the bigger villain setting up the sequel, the bigger villain being Keanu Reeves. <laughs> oh, okay, dude, I don't
1: even care at this point. Keanu can do no wrong. This is his year. Yep.
0: Yeah. Which I'm just like, please let that be true. So, I would, if that happens, I'm so down for Rock versus Keanu. So, I think Rock's going to have his hands full for a little bit. But Rock teaming up with Cena, that could be cool. Seeing Rock, Cena, and Statham all together, that could be a lot of fun.
1: Well, even see, even like, yeah, yeah, like that would, oh my goodness. Just the, the, ah. Oh. The, the
0: chemistry, banter. the banter, just everything would be oh man. <laughs> now I really want this. Yeah, and I'm not yeah, a huge fast really person, but Cena I think is the just the right fit for this. Yep. Yeah. Jeez, man. Just again, can he AA ludicrous? Well yes, absolutely. <laughs> we got rock to do a rock bottom, so why not? Exactly. Uh, so I think that'll about do it for the news. Um, Josh, you got a sponsor for us this week? Um, yeah. Today's sponsor is uh, sriracha because I
1: put that crap on everything.
0: Alrighty then. So as I said earlier, one of my favorite subgenres that I really wish we had more of in the world is the adventure, the treasure hunting. The Quest for Gold, honorable mention, The Road to El Dorado, but not really a treasure hunting movie to me. Um, I love the swashbuckling hero, your Indiana Jones, your Nathan Drake. So in honor of the upcoming Uncharted movie, we thought we'd take a look at the best treasure hunting movies, the best adventure movies that we get the most thrill out of. And Josh and I were talking about before we started recording, we didn't think we'd actually have that many. We are just like, all right. Indiana Jones, National Treasure, uh, what else? And then we were looking at our selection just going, oh, yeah, and then there's that, and then there's that, and then there's that. Um, yeah. I'm kind of like – and there's
1: sometimes uh, – there was a couple times I was like, oh, I feel really bad for that movie that I forgot about it.
0: Yeah. Um, there's a couple of them that like, I had on my long list, and I was like, oh, yeah, how would I forget about that one? But I think the conversation has to begin and end with the big one, the most obvious one, the Indiana Jones movies. Yeah, I agree. Movies uh, uh, that were never intended to be anything special but ended up being uh, the most special.
1: I mean, they really are. I mean, they are just Han Solo's adventures while, while he's a carbonite. But we won't talk about that. Um,
0: wh- wh- do you have a favorite one? See, still to this day, I flip-flop between Raiders and Last Crusade. It's uh, Raiders all the way for me. See, I think Raiders is more classic Indiana Jones swashbuckling adventure, but Last Crusade is more fun. Fair enough. Like, Uh, I love his chemistry with Sean Connery as his dad, even though there's only like a five-year age gap between them. Yeah, and how did you feel about Crystal Skull? Um, it's not bad until we start getting to the aliens stuff. Yeah. And I'll say the unpopular opinion, Shia LaBeouf was not the wrong choice. He could have kept the franchise going. I actually liked Mutt as a character. I didn't mind him at all. They do some things with him that are stupid, like having him swing on the vines and... Randomly sword fighting, but as a character, I don't mind Mutt. Actually, they could do a lot worse. And had the movie not been terrible, they could have handed the reins to him as a character.
1: Oh, totally. I, I I totally agree. They they tried to. I think the detriment to him was, um, they tried to make him like Indy, and that was clearly not who
0: he was. There's a couple scenes with him that are really good. Um, when they first meet each other in the diner, there's that little exchange of like, he steals somebody's milkshake and then without saying a word, Indy like grabs and puts it back on the waitress's tray. Like little interactions like that really worked. No, oh, yeah, totally. And like the uh, the knife
1: to the gunfight line is hilarious. And I, I think about
0: that scene quite often because it cracks me up. And just the whole conflicting ideologies of Indy being kind of an old school guy and Mutt being a greaser and the younger generation, it I like that dynamic. Um, the rest of the movie was just kind of... eh. I really don't think it's awful, but it's not nearly up to par with the other movies. I'll also say yeah, no, I if given the prep, if given the option of Temple of Doom or Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, I might lean a little bit more towards Crystal Skull. Actually, I I agree. I think
1: there's. Uh, for some reason, I know I know several people that love te- The
0: Temple of Doom. I don't. I, no. I I don't. I can't get behind it. I think it's pretty lame. It's the one Indiana Jones movie that I won't show Heather just because it's – Indiana Jones, you can have moments of darkness, but Temple of Doom is too dark with the whole child slavery and child torture. It was just a step too far. Of like, it there's really some parts looks. that I like. Of like, seeing a guy's heart get ripped out and he gets set on fire as a sacrifice. That's cool. Seeing kids getting abused and seeing people get fed to alligators. Mm. Also, seeing yeah. snakes get cut open and little snakes coming out. Just Ugh. yeah. I'd much rather take bad looking CGI gophers than child abuse. <laughs> I'm not Temple of Doom. Is just beavers. I don't like.
1: Was that, I'm sorry, was that a Zombievers reference? No. Oh, that's that's what I took it as, I'm sorry. What is Zombievers? (laughs) (laughs) we we talked about it a few weeks ago a few episodes ago it's a it's a horror movie about uh, these beavers that catch a zombie disease and they go and attack these these teenagers whatever but like the movie is so so b-level that you can tell that all of the beavers are like hand puppets and like several times you can actually see the hand like the arms it's Anyway, that's that's what I thought of. Anyway, let's move oh, on. Another thing trajectory. in Crystal Skull's
0: favor before we segue to something else, it doesn't have Willie, the girl from Temple of Doom. Yes. Who is the most annoying side character in movie history. <laughs> I don't know about that. That's, that might she be was literally me, there only in the movie because Steven Spielberg had a crush on her and then he ended up marrying her. No, fair. But oh, she was awful. And then he was great in other things. But um, in fact, the movie we'll talk about next the kid that played Short Round, I wanted to like him, but he was just so annoying. He was better in The Goonies. Yeah, which
1: I'm really disappointed in us that both of us forgot about this, that, that movie, like when we were first making our list.
0: Yeah, I was like, just. I just Googled best treasure hunting movies. The Goonies. Oh, yeah, that's about treasure, isn't it? One-eyed Willie. It's one of the best movies ever made.
1: Well, Like, I'm really mad at myself. Oh, I was so mad. I can't tell you how mad I was at myself.
0: There's one that we'll get to later that I was really mad that I almost forgot about. But um, The Goonies, I watched it when I was a kid. I think it's fine. I think I need to rewatch it as an adult to get it i think i was too young to get some of the jokes a lot of jokes in the goonies but i remember thinking it was really really weird as a kid so i think i just need to go back and watch it as an adult and i'll probably like it more
1: yeah i that that was always the thing for me for me i I, (laughs) um the first time i saw goonies was that as a teenager at a youth group function Um, this that's a youth group movie, dude. dude, dude, That's the story, man. Is because the the youth leader we had at the time hadn't seen it, heard it was a fantastic kids movie. Oh no! And was like, hey, let's get everybody, all the teens together, and have a movie night, and you know, all the parents like
0: watch the unedited version of the Sandlot as a good kids movie. Exactly, exactly. So like,
1: she puts it on. And they start talking, and I just see like her, and she's like, I forget uh, what, um, where she like is from originally, but she's like dark skinned. But I don't think I have ever seen her go so white as yeah, <laughs> in Jonas like the first like movie. twenty Jonas? minutes. <laughs> No, it is not, especially not especially now a Christian kids movie. So no. that was my first uh, interaction with it. But like, but then like I rewatched it
0: later in college
1: and it it's so much funnier as an adult.
0: I think I need to just go back and rewatch it. It's always in the five buck bin at Walmart. I'll tell you, if I see it again, I'll pick it up and we'll watch it. That being said, now that I'm uh, on the hunt for it, I'll never see it again. <laughs> Fair enough. Um... I'll talk about one that I feel like is very underappreciated, primarily because it's a made-for-TV movie, but it does not lack in quality. Uh, and it's a series of movies. The Librarian Movies with Noah Wiley. I I couldn't get behind the Librarian stuff. Really? I don't know why. why is that?
1: I, I think it, maybe it was... Maybe it's more... I think when I saw it, I wasn't really into like the like the fantastical, you know, adventures. I still want; I was still more
0: into like the swashbuckling kind of stuff. I don't know, maybe it was a little too out there for me. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I liked all the librarian ones, Uh, King Solomon's Mines, primarily because I read that story a lot as a kid, the greatest illustrated classics version. Um, and I would like a good King Solomon's Mines movie, please. Um, I like The Librarian. I like those movies apparently because Noah Wiley's character of The Librarian, he's kind of Nathan Drake-ish of when he punches somebody, it's going to hurt him. He's not indestructible. He's not the superhero. He's very relatable and normal, and I like those type of human protagonists. What? You want your characters to be human? How dare you? Ain't that right, Zack Snyder? Mm-hmm. Uh, what Jeez. else you got? Because I got plenty um, more.
1: I'm gonna get some flack for this, I can already tell. Uh, but the uh, Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief never seen them actually. Um, I caught bits and pieces of the second one, wasn't that big of a fan. Of uh, the biggest gripe is that they change <laughs> a lot from the book. Now, I have not read the book, so of course, I love this movie. <laughs> um but I just it was a good time man I, I I always love movies that try to have separate worlds other than ours i I and of course it's all based on Greek mythology and stuff like that and oh man I, I, gotta see
0: it. I love mythology stuff
1: exactly it, it it's quite interesting how they deal with it in a modern world
0: hmm what's the treasure so, that they're looking for in the first one
1: um it's the lightning it's uh, zeus's lightning bolt hmm because he it gets it's it gets stolen by a thief. That's why it's called the Lightning Thief. But yeah,
0: <laughs> doesn't that so, have like Sean Bean or somebody in it? I I think it does. Uh, does but he yeah. die? Because it's Sean Bean. He probably does. Sean Bean dies in everything, man. Um, Except so, are National we going Treasure. To, yeah, I was gonna say, are we ever gonna talk about National Treasure? Sean the, Bean the, the, doesn't die in National Treasure. He doesn't. As the CIA agent said, somebody's got to go to prison. And he Mm -hmm. went to prison. I will say, without a shadow of a doubt, I feel pretty confident saying this, the first National Treasure is the movie that I have seen more than any other movie. Uh, Oh, I agree. Substitute teachers like, all right, guys, we need to put a movie on. National Treasure it is. It's educational. Um... It's on TNT in the background. Well, National Treasure's on. Guess I gotta devote two hours to watching this. Because honestly, (laughs) National Treasure is one of the easiest watches in the world for me. If it's on, I'm watching it no matter what. If it's five minutes in, half an hour in, I will always watch National Treasure. I wasn't a huge fan of the second one. I still absolutely adore the first one. It is one of my favorite not just Nicholas Cage movies which is saying something cuz i love me some Nicholas Cage um it's one of my favorite adventure movies it's i think part of it was um it was 2004 so i had just moved to colorado and away from the pennsylvania area but all those memories still fresh in my mind so when he's like wandering around philadelphia like the liberty bell and independence hall and everywhere else i'm like huh. I'm very much familiar with all of these areas. Very yeah. much so. And I've always liked American history a lot, especially um, that American Revolution time period. So just seeing this what-if storyline was great of, we'll never know what's on the back of the Declaration of Independence. Um, just all the memes that come out too. I'm going to steal the <laughs> Declaration of Independence. Yes.
1: And honestly, it's it's weird to say this, but Nicolas Cage is acting his
0: butt off and everyone of is. Movies. All the characters are great. You have Nicolas Cage, but let's be honest, the real MVP of the movie is Riley. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Riley needed a spin off movie.
1: <laughs> I think my favorite, one of my favorite parts is with Riley, and that's when he's like, Oh my god, I can't believe y'all didn't know this. Uh let me you just know, soak so- this in. Is yeah, this what it's like you guys? <laughs> I can't believe I know this and you
0: do not. This is so great. <laughs> Who wants to go inside the tomb inside the creepy church first? <laughs> he cracks me up. The rally's but the best. Um, I, think I think unlike I, a lot of other treasure hunt movies that I've seen recently, there's clear clues. You follow the steps. A lot of it is, all yes. right, we're going to go somewhere in the Middle East and find our treasure in the middle of the sands of the ocean. Um yes. But National Treasure, it's like, all right, here's a clue that will lead us to this clue, that will lead us to this clue. It was like actual treasure hunting and detective work and relying on pieces of actual history. And I thought that was so fascinating and well done. Oh, absolutely.
1: I agree. And I, it, that was always the thing that I think I liked the – the um, the most about the series was it was one of those for me as a casual audience i know quite a bit of history but like not to that level so for them to say all these things i'm like you know what that sounds just right enough for that to be completely true
0: but yeah for someone like me who was familiar with a lot of american history at the time and i still am i'm like i said american Revolution is like one of my favorite time periods in history. I caught a lot of stuff like I could follow really easily. It's like um, in the House of Past and Still, I'm like that's the Liberty Bell, or the Letters of Silence Do Good. As a huge Benjamin Franklin fan as a kid, I had this whole phase growing up of loving Benjamin Franklin. I'm like I know who Silence Do Good is. You're looking for Benjamin Franklin's letters that he wrote to his older brother at the printing press, and then they yep. like telling about the details later, and was like, I, I just said that, but okay.
1: <laughs> oh man
0: um how do you feel about sahara it is on my list it's it's so dude, underrated it, it feels so like national treasure three but we never got that so this was oh, like absolutely. the next step except you upgraded from nicholas cage to matthew mcconaughey and instead of riley you got steve zahn It's very much like national treasure. It is. So instead of American revolution, it's the civil war. Yeah.
1: So, um, I didn't see Sarah until I think sophomore year. Um, I went home first for, I went, visited Neslo at his like parents' house or something like that for some reason. um, and it was on, and I and legitimately, my first thought was, did they make a, another National Treasure with Matthew McConaughey? What's going on? And he's like, no, this is Sahara. It's great. And I've since watched it a couple times again, all the way through since that since then.
0: But yeah, I no, it's 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 very it's, underrated. I think it bombed in theaters, or like just barely made oh, its budget yeah. back, and that's why we haven't gotten sequels. Oh yeah,
1: but it it was. It's, it's a good movie, man. And Matthew is my first Matthew McConaughey movie as well.
0: Yeah, it. If I had to compare it to anything, it's National Treasure meets Daniel Craig Bond. I think. Yes, exactly. With the 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 big a little bit of that ruggedness. Yeah. But great cast. Uh, Steve's on great as the witty sidekick. I always forget William H Macy's in it. Yeah. There's a lot of really good actors in it. Penelope Cruz is in it. Mm, Penelope Cruz.
1: Hmm. Anyway, um, speaking of a lot of, of a movie that, you know, made some bigger names, uh, do you want to talk about Pirates of the Curse of the Black Pearl?
0: I'll talk about two of the Pirates movies, actually, because I'm in the minority. Uh, but yeah, the first Pirates, obviously still the best. It's... The, the go-to Pirates movie of, I don't know, just when I hear Pirates now and Swashbuckling Adventure, I immediately think of Pirates of the Caribbean, especially that first one. Here's my unpopular opinion, though. I really enjoy the crap out of the fourth one, too.
1: Uh, which one's the fourth Fourth one?
0: Uh, on Stranger Tides, I think. The one with the mermaids. Okay, I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah, I didn't mind the fourth one. I know some people weren't super high on it, but the first one's obviously still the best. I think the first one was so good because we didn't expect it to be good of it's a movie based off of a theme park ride. Yes. Cuz we saw how so, well that worked out for Country Bears. Well, obviously. Bears. Uh, <laughs> uh but I I
1: I I honestly like 2 and 3.
0: I enjoy. This. I'm not a fan of three. Too long, uh, but I enough. will say two is fine.
1: Yeah, it's it's a good time, man. I, um, I don't know. I, I think given that you know, it would have been really easy to do a pirates movie that is just dark and you know, ho hum and whatnot. Um, for Disney at the time to do a pirate, a pirate, you know, just even just a, a period piece almost.
0: Also, um, this is Pirates of the Caribbean, believe it or not, is a huge part of Disney history because it was Disney's first PG-13 movie. It was. For 2003, I believe. Like, there was other ones that were affiliates, like Touchstar movies. But this was, like, Disney's first out-and-out PG-13 movie. That was a big deal. Now it's commonplace. It yeah. Um... I have two other pirates related movies. Both of them I feel like are supremely underrated. One of them is a serious pick and one of them is more of a comedic pick, but I love them both. Um, one, obviously Treasure Planet. That's the one that I talked about earlier of, I can't believe I almost forgot about this one. Treasure yeah. Planet is a masterpiece. Treasure Planet does not get the recognition that it deserves. Treasure Planet is fantastic.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's uh it's a, uh there so when, when disney came up with uh, came out was like hey we're gonna start making live action movies of all of our old classics the two that i've heard people cry for the most and i don't th- know if they'll ever do is atlantis and treasure planet
0: yes those are the two top of my list it'll never happen but treasure planet it i'd love the story of treasure island which i'll talk more about here in a second um I love the story of Treasure Island, but I love the, the spin that they did for Treasure Planet. It was just the swashbuckling adventure, but with a galactic twist to it. And it just really, really worked. I'm making Long John a cyborg. Um, and it was just a lot of fun, and Treasure Planet was so well done. Also, Treasure Planet has the single greatest song in any Disney movie with I'm Still Here by the Goo Goo Dolls. Oh. It's
1: so good. And like, ah, I, I I bump that so hard sometimes. Like if I'm having a rough day and you know, on my way home, way way home from work and I'm just like, I'll pop that song on and just like by within not even 30
0: seconds, I'm singing along. It's so good. It's, It's supremely underappreciated. The whole movie is gorgeous visuals. Now my kind of more goofy and out of left field pick, but still in the realm of treasure Island If you're a 90s kid, you grew up with this movie. Muppet Treasure Island with Tim Curry. I adore this movie. And unashamedly, this is my favorite of the Muppet movies by far. So when people ask, you can always tell a lot about a person by the movie that they know Tim Curry from. I always say Muppet Treasure Island before anything else. Agreed. He is a perfect long john. And I love the fact as an adult knowing that he was in like Rocky Horror Picture Show and other musicals, and he only gets one song to sing, and he actually points it out in Professional Pirate when he's like, upstage lads, this is my only number. (laughs) I love that movie so much. There's a lot of jokes that I just didn't get as a kid that I love even more as an adult. Like I go back to, again, Professional Pirate when they're just like, I could have been a lawyer, but I had too much heart. I could have been a politic. I could have been in politics because I've always been a big spender. And I'm like, even for the 90s, it's a great joke. Or like, um, they're doing attendance and it's like, dead Tom. No one answers. It's just like, (laughs) it's because dead Tom's dead. Oh, okay. Makes sense. (laughs) But still, through it all, they managed to adapt the story of Treasure Island incredibly well, which is what I look at for both Treasure Island and Treasure Planet, of I love the story, so it's a matter of how do they adapt it. They tell the jokes really, really well. They don't lose that Muppet's charm, but they still manage to tell a good story for Muppet Treasure Island, which the best Muppet movies still latch onto the story, but still tell that story in a good way. Of Yeah, it's funny, and it's entertaining, but also... Look at the scenes with um, Jim Hawkins and Long John. They're still emotionally powerful. It well, so balances it really well of being the evil, conniving villain, but also the villain with heart. Exactly. And that was always the thing for me
1: about Treasure Planet was, you know, when you first meet Long John, he, he, you feel his evilness and you're like, no, nah, I don't trust this guy at all. And then by the end of the movie – you want you want Hawkins and in, and in to like go on adventures together.
0: Yeah, he doesn't do full face turn, but kind of. Now, Josh, yeah. do you have any others? Because I down to my last three. I have two. Yeah, I got two more. I think I know which ones. Your last, you know two are. um Before we get to that. Um, Throw it out there real quick. Since we're getting on um, Uncharted movie, fair to talk about Tomb Raider? Yeah, why not? I mean, they're not terrible movies. I lean a little bit more towards the Angelina Jolie ones because they go all out um, with their craziness. But That is fair. The Alicia Vikander one's fine too. It, it is, and I it, it, Tomb Raider's
1: still to this day the the best video game to movie adaptation.
0: What? Prince of Persia. Uh, I will die on my sword for Prince of Persia. I love that movie. I'm going to agree to disagree there, Bob. Whatever, man. I don't (laughs) care that when Ben Kingsley's character dies at the end, you can see him holding this weapon in his hand, but I don't care. That always bothered (laughs) me. (laughs) When he gets stabbed, he's laying on the ground, and he's literally holding the sword in him. Yeah.
1: Yep, yep, yep. No, no, trust me. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the Prince of Persia movie. But as I think as staying so as something that probably stays true truer to its core, Laura Croft and Tomb Raiders do the Tomb Raider movies do that.
0: Fair enough. Um
1: what other ones do you have? Um I don't know if you know about this movie, but have you ever seen uh, Without a Paddle?
0: Uh, when I Googled treasure hunt movies without a paddle showed up. I know who's in it. I just have not seen it. So, basic premise is
1: three best friends go to find find some gold. <laughs> that that in like in, in honor of a, of a friend. So, like it's it's more of a comedy than it is like an adventure film. Okay, but it's very funny and it's I, they eventually find stuff and. It just yeah, it's just at the and its core it's a it's a treasure hunting movie about three best friends and isn't one and, uh, of them Seth Green, uh yeah, and uh, what's his name um uh Shaggy's in it Matthew Lillard yeah boy huh it's it, dude you should you should check it out I would I recommend that movie to anybody it's it's not like top tier treasure hunting, like, oh my goodness, this is amazing, but it's definitely a good time.
0: Huh. Now, I know for, we'll do this one last, because I know for a fact it's on both of our lists, but I have one more that I think you're forgetting about. Oh, so, yeah? when I think of adventure and treasure hunting movies, to me there's like a quote-unquote holy trinity of treasure hunting adventure movies. Indiana Jones, National Treasure, and The Mummy. Oh. Wow, you seem enthusiastic about the mummy. So, here's the thing: the only one I've seen is the one with Jet Li. Ah, uh, yeah, bro, you' missing out. That, but like, th- that's why I was like, "Oh, that's cool." The Brendan Fraser mummy is fantastic. It's the really the only one people talk about because no one talks about the Boris Karloff one. I've seen it. Heather and I almost fell asleep. It's very boring. Um The Tom Cruise one is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It's so bad. But the yeah. Brendan Fraser one is what I think of when I think of a treasure a fun, swashbuckling treasure hunt movie. It's got the heroic lead character, Brendan Fraser, the damsel in distress that ends up being a huge contributing factor and a great help with um, Rachel Weiss's character, her annoying brother Jonathan, the great evil of Imhotep, the great treasure... It's, it's a, very much a throwback in the style of Indiana Jones. Just a ton of fun. And unfortunately, the sequels would derail that, and including the Jet Li one, which I was about to say, how is that the only one that you've seen? But then again, I just said Jet Li, so that answers my own question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, the movie that's on both of our lists that I actually feel like when I describe this movie to people that have not seen it, I just tell them. It's the mummy underwater, and that is Aquaman. When I'm describing Aquaman to people, it feels like the mummy in terms of charming main character, great supporting characters on the mission to find an artifact, and it's more or less just a fun action-adventure old-school story. Aquaman is my favorite of the DC movies so far, and it's probably because of that whole treasure-hunting vibe.
1: Well, it, it, and that's the thing too is we weren't. I think if you were going to do one, do an Aquaman movie, we didn't think like, oh hey, let's do, a, you know, a treasure hunting movie, and it, it just made more sense than I
0: think we
1: realized it would.
0: Yeah, it. That's definitely not the story I would have pitched for an Aquaman. That being said, I wouldn't have it any other way. It. I have said numerous times this episode, I need more adventure treasure hunting movies in my life. So Uncharted, please do well and spawn six to seven sequels, please. Um, But Aquaman really met that quota for me of just fun, adventure, let's find the Trident and pee on holograms. Exactly. Like, it's just fun. And had great memorable villains with Ocean Master and Manta, a great Charismatic protagonist that appealed to all generations, just a ton of fun. And you can argue that's not a treasure hunt and adventure movie, but it, come on, it totally is. Also, it totally is one of the most gorgeous movies on this list. Oh, I agree. Like watching it on like a little smartphone or laptop doesn't do it justice. Find it on the biggest screen possible now. Going forward, there are some things that I still would like to see in a Treasure Hunt movie of, like, on the hunt for Excalibur. Uh, I think I did an Indiana Jones video that basically pitched some ideas of what I'd like to see in the next Indiana Jones. This could also apply to an Uncharted of find the sort of Excalibur that lets you rule all of England or as a weapon or something. Um, Pandora's Box could be a lot of fun. Atlantis could be a lot of fun. Just... I listen to a lot of different podcasts and one of them is like unexplained mysteries of the world or things that haven't we don't know or haven't been discovered. Just tap into that for more. I like the mysteries and the unknowns of the world. And I love treasure hunting. So combine those. Just, just give us more treasure hunt movies, please.
1: That's yeah. all I ask.
0: I agree. Well... What are your guys' favorite treasure hunt and adventure movies? Let us know in the comments below. We always like hearing from you guys. And as always, if you like what you hear and you want to hear more, subscribe to us on whatever audio platform you're listening to us on, whether that's Google Play, uh, iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. And as always, subscribe to us on the main YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Media. And as always, stay sharp, movie guys and gals.